0: Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome in to Sox On Tap Sunday Funday. I am Johnny Nani, joined today by Tony Marchese after a White Sox weekend sweep. Can't wait to get into that, but before we do, make sure you go to OnTapSportsNet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at Sox on Tap and at OnTapSportsNet. Tony, how you doing today, man?
1: Uh, it's been a day of recovery, Johnny, but also another day of victory, like you just mentioned. Uh, it was... Uh... It's a good day, yesterday, Johnny. We got to witness uh, our Blackhawks uh, win their first playoff game so far this year, uh, qualifier, whatever you want to call it. And then we uh, we watched the White Sox route the Royals. Uh, had a little fun, played, drink the beer a bit, and uh, we're back at it today in another White Sox winner. So I'm feeling good. It's a great weekend. Yeah, it was. It was an
0: absolutely great weekend. We, Tony and I were in such a good mood and the uh, beers were flowing early for that Hawks game. So um, by the time the end of the Sox game rolled around, um, there was a lot more going on. Um, And we were talking with other people that were there and uh, didn't want to butt out of the party. So that's why we're bringing you a uh, two in one episode here. It is Sunday Funday, usually a little bit extended anyway. So we'll go over some points from both Saturday and Sunday's White Sox winners. Tony, uh, let's get into those right now without further ado. Yep. So it was a weekend sweep, as I'd mentioned. Uh, a big thing taking care of the teams that you're supposed to. The Kansas City Royals are an inferior opponent, so good to see the White Sox leave no doubt there, uh, especially in the fashion that they did it, Tony. 11 5 win on Saturday night, 9 2 win on Sunday. Bats, uh, they're rolling again. We're back over 500, uh, 5 and 4 now, and sitting alone
1: in second place in the AL Central. I love to see that, man. I, I just, the way this season started, Uh, There was a lot of question marks and I think there still are some question marks, Johnny, but from where we sit now versus where we were five days ago, um, night and day difference. If you ask me, I don't know about your thoughts.
0: Yeah, 100%, because, I mean, there there were some legitimate concerns, especially, and I know it was only one time through the rotation, but giving up so many runs and playing from behind, you almost feel like you're not even giving yourself a chance. Obviously, that flipped this weekend because uh, they got out in front in all games, all, all three of these games, and, and were able to uh, keep rolling with it. So, obviously, an inferior opponent, I know. The Cleveland Indians and Minnesota Twins are the cream of the crop in this division. They have been. Uh, White Sox are trying to get to that level. So it um, be interesting to see. I know uh, this is looking way ahead, but you get another test uh, with the Cleveland Indians coming up uh, next weekend. So obviously Brewers in between that. But um, let's focus a little more on this weekend. Tony, uh, the power surge came back. On Saturday, I think that's uh, at first. I was, if they didn't repeat today, I was going to say it's just a Saturday thing for the White Sox since uh, they won the second game of the year on a Saturday in which they scored double digit runs as well. But um, b- big uh, performances in that one on Saturday. Eloy, Lurie, um, and Luis Robert. Rrr- Robert. Oh, Johnny uh, with the hour roll. All with, uh, I'm getting better at tone. Um, all with four hit games, though, on Saturday, Tony. Um, you and me, we, we were watching it together in the garage, obviously. Um, and Luis Robert is just such a damn exciting player, man. One of those doubles was like a check swing, pretty yeah. much. And he still put it in the left center gap.
1: Dude, and I loved seeing him lead off uh, in this game. I think uh, we've all been talking about. Um, Luis Robert moving up in the order and finally gets the chance to. Obviously, Tim Anderson uh, was not present for this game. Um, he's on the IL, so that kind of opened up a spot for uh, Robert to to lead off here. And I mean, he showed that he can do this. Uh, he is not. He is not. I don't even know the word I'm searching for here. He's not, not afraid human. of major league pitching. He's not afraid of major league pitching, man. He he, he is this guy that you've been asking for for so damn long yeah. to come up and tear it up. And that's exactly what he's doing, man. It, it's incredible to watch. Um, anytime you have a four hit performance in a major league baseball game, that that is special. Uh, we'll talk about another four hit performance from today's game. But focusing in on Saturday, did you just look up and down the box score? Uh, crooked numbers right up. In the first inning, four runs scored from the White Sox. They go and add another in the second. You give any pitcher a five-run lead to work with, and you're you're cruising, man. You're cooking with gas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was big for uh, Gio Gonzalez's first start in a White Sox uniform. I know he came in um, for Raylo last Sunday. But uh, this is his actual first start after being slotted in there with uh, Lopez on the injured list, so I think that was big too. Uh, helped him, even though he you know he didn't go that long. It was only three and two thirds. Once again. Um, but still uh, having that base and being able to pitch a little more confidently, um, you know, having runs on the board behind you definitely helps in that department. So uh, one thing that I noticed about this, obviously we're, you know, talking about the, uh, four hit games, you had a home run that went off of a glove and then, you know, uh, hopped over the wall, Roberts, a uh, little bit less of a doubt on that one, uh, went out to right about the same spot though, right center field in that gap. Um. But, Tony, when I look up and down this, there were some other, you know, notable performances in here. Yaz had two hits. Yohan Moncada had three hits. Um, but the fact that so many other guys were performing at an even higher level than that, I think that speaks volumes about the depth of the White Sox offense.
1: Yeah, and I think the White Sox offense, man, uh, just watching them in the exhibition games, even going back to spring training, I mean, this is a team that when when they're clicking, they're going to put crooked numbers up consistently in every baseball game. And I mean, it's just, there's, who do you pitch around here? I mean, obviously you could make a case that Nicky Delmonico, Adam Engel, or even Larry Garcia are, are your weakest guys here, but even those guys are doing some damage in some of these games. And the rest of the order is just, I mean, it's murder as well. And yeah, that's just, that's so tough. That's so tough for an opposing pitcher to get around these guys. I mean, you're looking at, you know, one through seven or eight in any given ball game. And we don't, we haven't even seen no more Mazzari yet. We don't know what we're going to get out of him, but it's going to be an upgrade over what we've seen in right field. um, I think regardless. Um, So, I mean, this is, this is the offense we've been clamoring for, man. This is fun baseball to watch. Yeah,
0: yeah, extremely fun baseball to watch, Tony, um, you know, and even with guys like that that you're mentioning, Adam Engel himself. Uh, obviously, we'd all want to see the ideal, you know, who the off- one of the offseason acquisitions was in Mazzara. We are excited to see him when he finally is. We're hoping that he's healthy and uh, is able to join the team this week. Um, but, you know, Adam Engel, he had the home run that put us over the top on Friday night. So Mm -hmm. you can't discredit what he's been able to do. And I know it's a short stretch, and we've seen this thing before after he went down to AAA last year, came up, raked for, like, two weeks, and then went back to the same old, same old Adam Angle. But um, for the time being, you're talking about a sprint of a season, um, getting that production from there, from a guy that you probably didn't expect it from, let's just say, is a very pleasant surprise. So then even, you know, Nicky Delmonico's had his woes, and his time may be running out here with the White Sox as – you know, Nomar Vizara hopes to join the team here soon. But uh, even Nicky Delmonico, you know, he has a uh, rough patch earlier in this game today, the Sunday's game now that I'm uh, talking about. But then he came back after that and hit, I believe, it was a two RBI uh, single. Not yeah, long I, after that. I don't so, have, I don't have I mean, today's
1: box score up yet, but he, he came through in the clutch. And we talk about the, the yeah, one he, thing. He,
0: fail, he failed once, but then he came back and, you know, uh, redeemed himself.
1: Yes, and and we talk about the White Sox offense, and and I I look through everything that we've seen thus far, and I think that the biggest problem the White Sox have is hitting with runners in scoring position. And yet we're still talking about a team that can put up over 10 runs just because they want to. And I I just look up and down here. Uh, This is Saturday's game. Uh, Runners in scoring position with two outs. Runners left in scoring position with two outs. Encarnacion, Grandal, uh, Engel left three. Abreu left one. Jimenez left two. I mean, th- this could have been a twenty-run ball game for the White Sox, and I think they have that kind of power to do that if everything just clicks. Uh, and you, I wouldn't be surprised to see that uh, six for nineteen. Uh, uh, the team went with runners in scoring position. You give you give three or four more hits there, and. and Man, you're just gonna bust some ball games wide open. that's this offense, man. It's so powerful. Um, but they they've seemingly figured out today uh, in the Sunday game how to break through that, because you get a guy like Nikki Delmonico who's struggling and he makes he makes good contact, puts one into right field. You're just talking about you just keep that line moving. And now you, you get through yep. Nicky Delmonico. You've, you've, you've got to get back to the top of this order. You've got Nick Madrigal, Luis Robert, Yohan Moncada. Abre- it it just doesn't end. It doesn't end. And we're not used to that as White Sox fans. We're used to the yonder Alonzos of the world coming up and, and kind of ending things for you. Or the, um, the Ryan Cordell's and just these 4A guys um, that are rally killers. There's no rally killers right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's easy to get really high and and you can talk about all the positives uh, from this weekend because there were plenty. But uh, as another observation here, just an area to improve in something that you're just talking about better with runners in scoring position. You absolutely need to be when you're playing tougher competition because you may not have as many opportunities. They left 15 on base Saturday, nine on Sunday um, and you had mentioned the, uh, you know, how they fared with runners in scoring position. Um, at least they had other opportunities to make that up, but like I said, they probably won't come as frequently against the Minnesota twins, Cleveland Indians ball club that you're going to be playing. So, uh, you got to be better opportunistically. Now, that just, word again, Tony? It's just uh, about to be, say, be more yeah. opportunistic. That's. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to uh, going forward, but hey, I, I do like to see those crooked numbers up there. That's the other note here there too. If we're gonna get back into the positives, crooked numbers, cool and tough. All right, we talked a lot about the offense tone. So let's move into pitching a little bit. I'd mentioned Gio Gonzalez, uh, three and two thirds on Saturday, five hits, uh, three walks, six strikeouts though over that short time. So that was good to see from him. See him, uh, you know, getting to fan a few guys, uh, missing bats. Um, other than that, Jimmy Cordero came in for a third. Uh, Matt Foster ended up getting the win for this one on Saturday. uh won uh, a scoreless inning with a strikeout. Jace Fry, bullpen finally got touched up here. I think that was on 17-point... One innings then uh, that they might have had, or no, excuse me, 18 innings uh, the bullpen had going from the middle of the Cleveland series through uh, Friday night and the early uh, parts of Saturday. And then Jace Fry got touched up a little bit, um, three earned runs uh, and three hits allowed. But then uh, C-Sheck, he also allowed a run in two-thirds after that um bummer uh won the third scoreless and then uh cody hoyer like seeing him at the back end there he did allow a run but um that guy through a smoke so good to get him in action and a game that was already out of hand so i like that from the bullpen and then today he got uh aaron bummer and big boss ross after ceases six innings of five hit two earned run one walk four strikeout and one home run allowed ball so um any thoughts from you on the pitching this weekend
1: I'm pretty happy with the pitching, man. Um, you know, Dylan Cease today, that's who I kind of really want to focus on uh, with this little bit here. Uh, he was a—he was able to get through the first inning without getting touched up. Obviously, second inning gives up the one run. Uh, but then back on his horse, I mean, he kept the kept, uh, Kansas City Royals offense from doing much of anything here. I mean, uh, four strikeouts, you'd like to see a little bit more. I, I saw the hammer working, the Cease hammer that you're always talking about. Um, that, that was snapping off a little bit more reminiscent of what we saw in the uh, inter-squad game. Um, so I, I was pretty happy with his performance. I still want to see him get through three, four innings without getting touched up. But uh, the Sox offense was a little late to the party today, so it didn't have that same type of feel as Saturday's game did. And Cease did a really good job keeping him, keeping him off of the score sheet or putting up any crooked numbers. Obviously, the Royals were only able to scrape through two runs today, um, one in the second and one in the fifth. But that—that's all you really need out of Dylan Cease. I mean, I, I don't think you really need much more. Uh, the White Sox offense did show up in the seventh inning, so uh, you know by that time uh, you turn it over to Aaron Bummer, one of the better pitchers in this White Sox bullpen. He did his work. Uh, two strikeouts there today for for Mister Bummer, and then uh, our guy Ross the Boss shutting it down. He's had quietly a great season so far. Ross Doubleday. He's
0: only he's only allowed one hit.
1: Yep, one it's, hit incredible stuff from ross Detweiler, and you've got a, a guy that's got some some veteran presence in the bullpen able to just pretty much plug and play in anything you need right now um whether that's a long relief or two innings at the back end of a stinker whatever he he's just he's not letting teams back into ball games and that's i mean w- what more can you ask for out of uh a ross Detweiler? Uh, this is this is Might be the best stretch of his career. I I don't know, but um, I'm interested to see what he continues to do here. Uh, Back on Saturday, Gio Gonzalez. uh, It was good to see him get a start for the first time in a White Sox uniform. I'm pretty sure that uh, he would tag that one as special. Um, And then uh, you mentioned the name Cody Hoyer. Man, that kid can throw some smoke. So um, I I wonder what we're going to get out of him. He looks like he could potentially be a back end of the bullpen piece if he continues to do this and this is not a kid that was talked about a lot in white Sox circles on white Sox, Twitter or anywhere else um, just quietly comes up and he's doing his job. And um, he did end up getting a save in that one. Congratulations to Cody on his first major league save. If if he can become uh, another option at the back end of the bullpen and maybe fill in the, the shoes of what you probably expected. You were going to get out of Kelvin Herrera. Uh, that's a plus plus for the white Sox bullpen. And I mean, we had so much problems the first time through the rotation. It's just good to see White Sox pitch and get it done. yeah. So
0: uh, first of all, chest pound moment for me. If you remember on the uh, start me up season preview episode, I did mention Cody Hoyer's name uh, as Wondoley. Actually, it was earlier than that even uh, mm-hmm. when we were still during intersquad games. I did mention that. So, if your listener socks on tap, you'll remember that um, I did say that. So yeah, like what I see from Hoyer, I mean, uh, power fastball is cool and tough. That's uh, just a given, Tony. But they just get me so riled up. I love it. Um, it you know, you got to be able to throw smoke if you're going to be able to throw at the back end of a game, unless you're super effective yes. with a wipeout pitch. But uh, Cody Hoyer can throw smoke and he can wipe guys out too. So like to see that. And then just touching back on Cease today, uh, biggest thing there was command, 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 command. Uh, if you can do that, uh, pinpoint. Um, you know, great to see the improvement from uh, game one uh, where he was rough against Cleveland, got the hook early uh, to going six full innings today. So uh, and you can make an argument that he could have been left in more if the White Sox didn't have as long of an inning after that. But either way, bullpen locking it down, as you'd mentioned. Mm-hmm. Ross, the boss, uh, spotless so far. So good to see from the pitching front. So uh, any o- other observations here before we kind
1: of move forward? No, just keep keep doing what you're doing and putting up runs. I mean – Obviously, you mentioned something a little earlier about uh, you're not going to get these kind of chances against the Minnesota Twins or a, a Cleveland Indians. and um, that's exceptionally true that you're not going to get that. and I think the reason why the you saw the white yeah, at least the the reason why you saw the White Sox struggling is because good teams are going to shut you down in most of those oper- most of those scoring opportunities. And when you blow through one, two, three of your best scoring chances in a game, without being able to hit with runners in scoring position, unless you're hitting the long ball, you're not going to get that done. It's it's just not going to happen. So you need to be able to be opportunistic, like you said, and and convert on these chances. The White Sox offense has the ability to do that, even against those good teams. I don't think that they should play to the same level that they had in the first series against the Twins or the Cleveland Indians. I think they're going to be a little bit better than that going forward. This is a good confidence boost for this team, especially heading into the Milwaukee Brewers, who they're no slouches themselves. They are a good team. It's going to be a little bit of a test here uh, for the White Sox, and I want to see this type of thing continue. You know, 11 runs, 9 runs, just just keep doing what you're doing on offense, and then, you know, you've got, you've got some really good pitchers at the front of the rotation in Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel. You could start to put together some win streaks here, and Johnny, win streaks are cool and tough. Indeed, they are, Tony. My
0: last observation here from this weekend is uh, Yasmani Grandal starting to heat up the bat a little bit here. He was two for five with two RBIs and a walk on Saturday, three for four with three RBIs and a walk on Sunday. So I like to see that. I've been, uh, you know, picking Grandal just hoping you'd click uh, for when we do our pick to click selections, Tony. Um, but uh, nice to see him kind of, uh, heating up because it was a rough start, uh, for him. So, uh, good to see that bat moving because he will be right in there in that cleanup to, you know, slot him anywhere from two to, you know, five if you wanted, but, uh, looks like he's kind of solidified himself in the middle of that order and for good reason. So, uh, hopefully he continues to stay hot. Let's move it along here. Uh, any tinfoil hat takes or uh, meatball takes here?
1: Uh, no real tinfoil hat takes, uh, you know, you, you could make an argument that the article that, uh, our guy, Andrew Kinsler wrote today was a little bit of a meatball take. And I want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, he wrote an article. I'm not going to give it all away, but he did suggest something way out of the box. And we could say that it's way out of right field. Um, the White Sox have not really settled on a right fielder yet, Johnny. We've seen Adam Engel's, out there we've seen nicky dalmonico out there we've seen larry garcia out there there's one guy whose bat has been extremely hot and he's not getting a lot of playing time and that's james mccann what are your thoughts on james mccann taking outfield reps either in practice or just you know slotting him in there just to get him in a, into the lineup and getting that bat out there over a guy like nicky dalmonico or adam engel
0: yeah, so I mean, I could see the want to do that just to keep the bat in the lineup. Um, totally get that. You want your you know best nine bats there, but also um, I think that it's just not going. First of all, it's the White Sox. When, are you going to deep ball take this? When, when have they ever been all that forward thinking, especially something as drastic as that? A catcher, uh, you know, who hasn't played out there in his major league career, uh, throwing him, thrusting him into that. Highly doubt that happens. And also, the other point there is you have not seen Nomar Mazzara. And I do, I just have the gut feeling. I don't have any sources behind this or whatever, but just from the way that things, uh, seem to be trending, he will likely rejoin the team this week. So you're going to see Nomar Mazar there before they ever toy with the idea of James McCann there. So unfortunately, I appreciate the effort from our guy, Akins, but unfortunately, I'm just going to shut that down right off the bat. Uh, It's an an interesting concept, but one, I don't think it'll happen, and two, you haven't gotten your right fielder that you traded for any action yet. I mean, obviously, he can't because uh, he had the... uh, You know, he was placed on the injured list, so he hasn't even been with the team yet. But I think you're going to get that look before you ever see a James McCann stepping out into the outfield. I
1: I would I would tend to agree there. I I like the I like the thought process behind this, though, uh, that that Andrew uh, went through. It, it, It makes sense in some regards to try and get more at bats for a guy who so far this season is knocking the cover off the ball. He's getting on base. He's doing all the things that you need to do at the plate. Um, and even when he's behind the plate, he's looked very good. Um, I think Yasmani Grandal heating up though, like you just mentioned is really big for this team and we'll kind of spell some of those. Let's get McCann more at bats. Uh, the, the talk that you hear of that, uh, one thing that we did, uh, kind of just completely brush over is also the fact that Nick magical, uh, four hits today. Yeah. Uh, no, in the Sunday yeah, game four hit game. Um, yeah. getting on base is cool and tough, Johnny. I know you and I have, uh, I've had our questions about Nick Madrigal, but got to give credit where credit's due. Awesome game for the kid today, so sorry to retract there, but uh, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, mention
0: that. That was, I think we got too excited over the uh, onslaught that was Saturday uh, for the White Sox offense. We kind of jumped over today, but uh, yeah, Nick Madrigal, um, nice to see that uh, kid getting confidence up there, but the biggest thing for him will be adjusting when defenses inevitably adjust to him. If you remember spring training, we already saw uh, outfield shifting, moving in uh, to try and take away some of those more bloop singles uh, that could possibly be hit down there. So we um, will be interesting to see going forward. But, hey, the kid does know how to slap it out there uh, and get on base. So let's, let's hope he can, uh, as he adjusts here, more to the league. We're just talking about his first series here, first three games. But uh, as he you know plays more games, gets more at-bats here, um, let's see a little bit of uh, down the line or to the gap. Uh, it doesn't have to be power as in put it out, but uh, at least find the holes there.
1: What did I say yesterday? He's got sneaky, routine fly ball power. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's your meatball take on it. There's,
1: yeah, there's the meatball take. Uh, that that one's kind of spicy. All right, Johnny, let's get into some next game stuff. What do we yeah, got coming up?
0: For sure. Uh, it'll be four games against Milwaukee Brewers uh, starting on Monday. And uh, the Brewers right now—they the last time they played Tony was last Wednesday against the Pirates, um, because the Cardinals obviously had a co- uh, COVID-19 outbreak um, in their clubhouse. So uh, the Brewers and Cardinals are supposed to play this weekend. That did not happen. Milwaukee's been off since Wednesday. They currently sit at three and three, second place in the NL Central. If you're going by that, uh, you know, percentage there. Um, but obviously not as many wins as some of the teams are even below them there. So um, 7, 10 p.m. Central Time start, though, for Monday's game up in Milwaukee. Um, Don't need a weather report because it's inside. So if there's any sort of delay there, then uh, they're just fucking dumb. So that's it. (laughs) Probable starters for this game are Carlos Rodon taking the hill for the White Sox versus Adrian Hauser for the Brewers. Uh, Rodon allowed five earned runs over three and two-thirds innings on Tuesday at Cleveland, so um, Lowe's looking to bounce back here. Um, obviously, that was his first start back from Tommy John's surgery, so we'll see how he responds after making some adjustments from start number one. Uh, Hauser, uh, he was um, pretty good in his first outing for the Brewers this year. Uh, he's got a 1.80 ERA. That was over five innings uh, show for it, and last year, though, he was 6-7, and seven, three Three seven two ERA over one hundred and eleven in the third innings uh, for those same Brewers. So uh, thoughts on the series? Any predictions here before we move into our picks to click?
1: I'm going to take two and two. I think this is a, a good split series. I'd like to see them go three and one. Um, I think that's where the target should be. Um, obviously, the Brewers are going to be a step up of an opponent uh, than we just saw in the Royals. Um, you go two and two. I want to see Carlos Rodon get this win here. Um, in this next game, and and I think it, just around the league, pitchers haven't been going that long or deep into ball games. I'd like to see Carlos Rodon go five or six innings in this game, Johnny. I, I really want to see that bullpen get a little bit of a rest, um, and I think Carlos Rodon has the stuff in order to do that. Um, we'll see how he does, but I mean, Hauser doesn't have a decision, but that that one eight ERA. Um, and then the, I mean, he wasn't bad last year, three, seven, two over 111 innings. Uh, he, he's not a bad pitcher. The white Sox offense is just going to need to continue to do what it did down in Kansas city and and bring that up into the, uh, into the dome, uh, that the brewers are playing. And I want to see some more balls flying out of the stadium. Uh, I feel like the Sox could hit a few more home runs than they have. It's nice to see the offense doing this without relying on the long ball but, Johnny, we know home runs are cool and tough. And one guy that I want to see in this series is Edwin Encarnacion. Um, just not enough home runs from him yet, and, and we need that. We need that big bat in the middle of the order to just be pounding baseballs out of the stadium. So um, I'm hoping if there's one guy I've got my eye on uh, this series, it's going to be Edwin Encarnacion because I want to see at least two dingers. Yeah, so um, I talked about Yaz heating up a little
0: bit. Edwin did have a single um, on Saturday, and then he went two for four today before being pinch hit for uh, your Mercedes. Got that at bat, uh, the last one that would have been in his slot. So um, Edwin, you know, it's been quiet. Obviously, not the big pop that we're used to, but he did have a couple, you know, uh, hits. Hopefully, that can kind of spark him going into the the series. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to see the parrot come out, but in this one, uh, right field is like a little league short porch uh, in Milwaukee, so I'm really looking for um yoan mancada and uh yasmani grandal hit the ball at the ballpark um that, that's what i'm looking for this week uh, and i'll go prediction uh three and one so we keep it rolling i think we're gonna have a nice winning week here for the white Sox. um i think uh you know i don't know if carlos Rodon will stay in long enough and you know depending on how they're gonna manage him innings wise here even if he is on um we'll see how they do that. But um, it, like you had said, would be nice to see him go about five or six um, and pick up a win in this one. So we'll see yeah, either way. We know that Carlos Rodon will always pitch with conviction. Sox on yes. tap rule number 55. So um, let's uh, get a pick to click from you for Monday's game.
1: You know, I, I just spent so much time talking about Enwood and Carnacion. Uh, I think I've got to, got to stay there. Um, I, I want to see the damn parrot. I'm just going to say it over and over and over again. We like to speak things into existence Edwin Ancaracion's leaving the yard.
0: All right. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with uh, one of those lefties I'd mentioned, Joan uh, Mancada. Um, I hope he's in the lineup. I know they talked about days off and whatnot with him. Um, but if he's in there, um, you know, he is a uh, prime candidate. Put one over that short right field ball. So, uh, Yoan Mancada, and let's see a bomb. That's my if, pick if,
1: for if Monday. Jose Abreu can play every day. Yoan Mancada can play every day.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, That is just about it for our uh, White Sox talk here. You got a shout-out?
1: I do. Uh, Shout-out to Iowa White Sox. Dropped by yesterday. Uh, Dropped off some uh, Iowana Talk Sports podcast merch. Uh, Iowa Sox uh, koozies. Uh, Awesome dude. Got to meet him and his old man uh, and take in a few innings of the baseball game. Uh, So shout-out goes to Iowa White Sox.
0: All right. Nice. Um, I will go with uh, White Sox Sal uh, for today's shout-out because he always loves tagging us when it's Big Boss Ross time. So The Sox on Tap guys have been on it. You're damn right, Sal. Uh, keep letting the people know. Uh, spread the good word about Ross the Boss Detweiler. So that's my shout-out for today. All right. Um, hope you enjoyed this edition of Sunday Funday. Uh, please. Make sure you go to OnTapSportsNet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. If you enjoy Sox on tap, please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Anchor, all of those good places. It's all there. So uh, we'd really appreciate it. Once again, White Sox, a uh, successful sweep of the Kansas City Royals. We had 11-5 to ball game on Saturday and a 9-2 to winner on Sunday. They'll move into Milwaukee for this upcoming week. Don't. Let's close down how we always do. It sucks forever, but it sucks forever.